Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Guys, on December 29th, 2020, I posted on Facebook that we are starting a brand new series at the church called Are We Living in the Last Days? Well, as people go through, some took that to to mean that I was actually asking that question. Are we living in the last days? That really specific. And so in response, guess what happened? They they took to the comments. This is kind of what people do on Facebook. And there was a uh, unequivocal, resounding, yes, we're living in the last days. It was then that the Lord kind of spoke to my heart even more clearly because people are quick to comment on Facebook. But it was more it was more when the Lord said, OK, so how, how do you know? Because I could ask, all, hey, are we living in the last day? Everybody goes, yeah. But how do you know? Like, how do you really know that we're in the last days? Well, pastor, you said, no, 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 but, but, but biblically, if, if you went and you said, hey, you went to your friend tomorrow at work or at school or wherever, you said, hey, we're, we're living in the last days. They go, how do you know? How, how, do, you, how do you really know? Well, because look, I mean, you know, I mean, you can, no, no, no. So what we're going to do, guys, and again, you, you need to take notes, you need to jot this down, let the Lord speak to you, because we're going to talk about the last days here on earth, what they are, what's going to happen next, and really what has happened up until this point. Now, you need to find it such a privilege to be born at this time. You're going to be the generation that's going to see the return of the Lord Jesus. Okay, we could have been born, you know, way back in, 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 you know, in the late 1800s. We could have been born in, I mean, this is, this is the time we're here. This is the time, and it's so amazing. But what I want to look at today, guys, is the, the current events to help us see that the return of Jesus is eminent. Okay? You go eminent. Yes. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write that word down, eminent. Why? Because here's what it means. It means the rapture of the church can happen at any time. That's what eminent means. Can happen at any time. It can happen two seconds from now, five seconds from now, later on today, it can happen. Nothing prophetically has to happen for the Lord not to, I mean, this is, okay, okay, let me, let me back up. One of the prophetic things that had to happen was Israel had to become a nation before, that, that's prophetically. In 1948, they became a nation, okay? But I was wondering what people in the 1800s were thinking about the Bible, like, well, Jesus is going to come back, but really prophetically he can't. And so maybe they were looking at Israel to, to actually become a nation back in the 1800s where it didn't really happen until 1948. But the generation here goes, Oh, wait a minute. There's nothing that has to happen for the Lord to come back. Now, if you're taking notes, the rapture of the church can happen at any time. Can I get an amen? You understand that, right? Everybody, you understand. It can happen. Okay? Right after church, we could go out to eat. You're sitting down. You're getting ready to to cut into your spaghetti. I'm making you all hungry. And boom. We're out of here. 
We're out of here. But there is a sequence of events leading up to the Great Tribulation. You guys tracking with me? The rapture, anytime. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Okay? Could happen tomorrow. Could happen next week. Could happen five years from now. It can happen anytime. But do you realize that the Lord Jesus, he put a sequence of events that have to happen before we actually know it's the Great Tribulation. That's, that's what's going to happen. Okay? Now, what I want to do this morning is I want to give you an outline of eschatology. Okay? You go, what's eschatology? All that simply means is the end days of mankind. Eschatology. That's what we're going to look at. It's just, it's just fancy words. This is what we're looking at the last days. Now, let's go. You ready? The dispensation of grace is divided into two ages. Okay? You go what? First of all, you have the visible church. The visible church. And the visible church began at Pentecost, okay? And it will continue until the beginning of the tribulation. You guys tracking with me? Why? Here's why. Listen. The visible church is what we see. You go, but Ben, 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 time out, time out. We're part of the visible church, and then we're, we're going to be raptured. So you're, you're still saying, here's the thing, okay? The Holy Spirit is not going to be taken off the Gentiles until the start of the tribulation, okay? So I'm over here. Rapture takes place. Gone, okay? You and I are gone. Tamri, we're out of here. Amen? But the Holy Spirit is still going to be drawing people in for a period of time until the Great Tribulation. Until the Tribulation. So I, how, you go, well, Ben, how, does, how, how long? I don't know how long that is. It could be rapture, it could be tribulation, or it could be a period of time. You, you guys with me? Okay? So, I don't know. But I do know that at the, at the dispensation of grace, here's what happened. Beginning at Pentecost... Till the beginning, boom. Once the tribulation starts, Holy Spirit taken off the Gentiles and put on the Jews. Now, listen, I always used to pray, God, you said that you were going to come back when the last Gentile was saved. So if you're here today, get saved. But that's not necessarily the case, right? Because he could come any minute and still the last Gentile could get saved in the interim between the rapture, how so? You have a lot of people, help me church, you have a lot of people walking the fence of Christianity. They have one foot in and one foot out. And they're really not committed to Jesus, that, that they go, oh, I know about him, I was taught all about him, but I'm really not saved. Rapture takes place, they're going, oh, I need to get saved for real. I need to get saved for real. That's going to happen. The other guys, the other view, again, is the invisible church. Then you have, you have the visible church. Then you have the invisible church. And that began at Pentecost and will continue until the rapture of the church, the invisible church. Boom. Okay? What does that mean? That means people from all over, all walks of life, everybody else, right? That's, that's kind of what's happening. Okay? The second age of the Great Tribulation will last for seven years until the end of the Great Dispensation of Grace. Okay? So, you have these two ages. You have the visible and the invisible. Now, 
Let me quickly share with you what's going to happen very, very soon, okay? As we know it, much, well, one day, one day, like today, you and I are going to hear a trumpet sound. I don't know what kind of trumpet. I don't know if it's going to be something in our spirit that hears or with our ears, but we're going to hear a trumpet. And I meant to tell, I meant to tell Mel, that would be so cool if I had Mel with his trumpet. He has a trumpet. He could just blow it. That would be like, maybe next week. But you're going to hear that trumpet. Okay. The Bible says in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be out of here. Now, listen to me. Listen, listen, listen. Linda, Linda, listen. This is going to happen. You and I. We're, 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 we're going to see it. We're going to, if God permits for us to stay on this earth, you're going, we're going to feel it. I know in my heart, guys, I, I walk outside and I say, today, Lord, today. Listen, there's a lot of stuff going on in our world. A lot of stuff. Things that we cannot even fathom as American people in the world too. And we're going, okay, Lord, okay. And what happens, guys, is in half a blink, Jesus, amen, we're going to be, those who belong to Jesus are going to instantly vanish. I don't know if our clothes are going to stay here or not. You know what I'm saying? You see some movies where it's like there's nothing left. And then you see other movies where it's like your clothes are perfect. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to stick around and go, wow, that was weird. You left your jewelry there. I just want to go. I just want to go, right? And, and you want to go too. So what's going to happen, guys, is boom. This is known, jot this down, this is known as the harpazo. Harpazo, H-A-R-P-A-Z-O, harpazo. That means to be, boom, to be caught up very quickly. You go, well, that word isn't, that's not rapture. No, 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 harpazo. I'm going to teach you Latin. You ready? Latin, you want to speak Latin? It's rapturus. That's Latin. Congratulations, you all graduated Latin today. Which we get our English word, rapture. It's all the same word. It's caught up very quickly, snatched up quickly. Okay? When your wife is trying to eat your fries because she didn't order any, and she harpazzles them, that's what she does. And you're like, hey, I told you to order fries. And if you've been married any length of time, you just order the fries for them, don't you? You don't even matter. No, I don't want any. That's okay. No, we're ordering you some fries, girl, because you're going to eat mine. But anyways, that's what's kind of happening, okay? Check this out, guys. Millions of people are going to disappear. Think about the chaos. Think about the chaos. Think about the aftermath of such a cataclysmic event. Why? Because there you are, and there's Santos, and there's boom, gone. His truck is just going to keep going. And it's going to crash. You understand the chaos. You understand that planes are going to fall. I mean, I can't even begin. Think about it, guys. Think about it. It's going to be just uncrashed. And there are going to be many deaths after the rapture. Because the person who goes, whoa, what just happened? Might just get smashed into by something or some other or so that's. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. So. So again. This is just. This is just chaos. 
many people who are left behind. Now, I know, I know there's a lot of people that are going, no, 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 you don't understand. God is love. God is love, kumbaya, God is love. And no, he's not going to let anybody, but no, but listen, he's got a standard on his word. Not only is he love, but he's also holy and he's just. Now, now, check this out, guys. I was reading my, ba- I was reading my daily Bible today. I was reading my daily Bible. I was like, oh, this is, this is good. But I realized that the Lord spoke to the Lord. He, he said, this is my servant in whom I'm well pleased. I said, man, God is, God is pleased with Jesus. And then I thought, well, Jesus is in me. So you know what? Tamri, God is well pleased with you. Right? Maniah, God is well pleased with you. Because Jesus is in you. Guys, you understand. I'm like, you understand what that means. And so, and so I'm thinking, wow, this is so cool. But, but, but he's got a standard right here. See, you need to be found in Christ. You need to be found in Christ so that God, he's well pleased. He's well, he loves your, man. That's amazing. Why? Because he doesn't see Rosa anymore. You know what he sees? He sees Jesus. Now Rosa goes, I know me. Uh, oh, wretched man that I am. But God goes, no, I see Jesus. Come on home. Come on home. Well, Ben, what happens after the rapture? Let me tell you this. Mankind will prevail. Okay? He built us that strong. And they'll begin to rebuild. Okay, they'll try and put the pieces of the world God mad. They'll try to do this, okay? At that point, the spiritually speaking, okay, remember, the Holy Spirit is going to keep drawing in, but he's going to start focusing his attention on the Jewish people, the Jewish people, but it doesn't happen until the start of the great reset or the tribulation. Okay? Our loved ones who are not saved, right, or are walking on the fence, the Holy Spirit will, will bring them to Jesus. And I believe there's going to be huge revival. Now, listen, do, do I want to take my chances then, or do I want to be saved now? I'm going to be saved now. I'm going to be saved now. I'm going to be saved now. I'm going to follow. I'm going to love, I'm going to love Jesus now. Why? Because you realize that many who get left behind are going to have to die a martyr's death. Okay. They're not just going to go, oh, <laughs> my bad. Come on in. Yeah, you're, you're fine. They're going to say, listen, you, you either denounce Jesus or we're going to kill you. And, and, and Tiffany goes, I can't. I can't. You don't understand. Okay. And they'll, and, you know, some of you raise your hand. You go, Ben, our world's not that bad. It is that bad. It is that bad. It is that bad. I don't know if you realize this, but it, it, we're one step. Christianity, Christians, is one step away. One step from, from, hey. There's plans that if you don't believe a certain way, that we're going to take your kids and re-educate them. Well, what's to say we're going to re-educate you? Say you don't believe the way we do. And, and, and you guys remember, remember, here, here let me just reference this, guys. The, the, the Smyrna. Smyrna, the, the church of Smyrna, they were saying, listen, listen, all you got to do is take a little incense and say, and say Caesar is Lord. That's all you got to say, and, and you can go on your way. Well, Christians go, no, 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 Caesar's not Lord. He's not God. He's, no, Jesus is God. Guess what happened? They were killed. They were persecuted. The same could happen to us if you get left behind. 
Well, Ben, 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 question, question. When is the tribulation going to start? Well, according to Daniel chapter 9, jot this down, verse 27. Here's what it says. It says, the ruler, notice, will make a treaty with the people for a period of one set of seven. But after half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offering. As a climax to all his terrible deeds, he will set up a sacrilegious object that will cause desecration until the fate decreed for this defiler is finally poured out on him. The Antichrist is going to make a treaty, a peace treaty. That's when you know the tribulation has started. Okay? That's when you know. Now, there are some things that have to happen before. Okay? Israel has to have a third temple so they can offer sacrifices. Because in the middle of the three and a half years, he's going to put an end to the sacrifices, and he's going to say, don't sacrifice to God anymore, I am God. It's called the abomination of desolation. He's going to desecrate the temple. Now, if you go to Israel today, there's not a third temple yet. But there's everything ready for the third temple. There's something called the Temple Institute, and they have everything, they have everything ready to go. All they need is a building. Right? So when does the tribulation start? It starts with the seven-year peace treaty. Now, President Trump has done some peace treaties with Israel and around. He's been involved in some of these throughout the eight, throughout the last four years. But none of them have involved being able to sacrifice or put up a third temple. But it's close. It's close. Well, where is this peace treaty going to be? Or where is this temple going to be? Well, here's the problem. The problem is, is that the Jewish people believe that it should be on the Temple Mount. That's, that's, where, that's where the original temple was. Right now, there's the Dome of the Rock, the mosque, Muslim faith. So, so there's, the, there's the rub, okay? I wonder if there would be a way where we could share the Temple Mount. You do your religion, we'll do ours. And we'll go back to serving. Well, why would they want to sacrifice anyway? Why would they want to sacrifice? Because they don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. So they're going, oh, we have to atone. We have to do something for our sins. Let's go back to the old way until, help me guys, until the Messiah comes. What? Yeah. So, okay, well, we're going to sacrifice until the Messiah comes. And then, and then, okay, so what happens? Well, again, think about this. Think about this. You, the, the, the Muslim faith is going, you are not putting a temple up here. And the Jewish people are going, that's where our temple, that's where it was. And so there's the fight. It's a vol- it, it, you remember? It's a very holy place. I mean, it's crazy stuff. Women can't go up there. I mean, they have to be covered, shoulders, everything. They can't have a short ceaseless. I mean, this... the. This is very, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, Ben, what does that mean that there has to be? Well, here's the thing, guys. It means Jewish people cannot build a temple to sacrifice to God. 
there, there's, there's, this, there's this, this fight going on right now. The Antichrist, who is he? You ready? I don't know. I know he's alive. He's going to step in and he's going to negotiate an incredible peace treaty that's going to allow the Jewish people to build the temple. What if, can I give you some what ifs? My opinion, I'm not behind the pulpit. What if, let me just give you, what if, Adam, what if the original temple wasn't on the Temple Mount and it was off to the city of David? And all of a sudden, through an archaeological dig, they find, they find, oh, well, they can build a temple in no time, can't they? Because when we were there last, they were building right under the city of David. You guys remember that, right? We sat there, and, and I thought, what if? That's just a what if. What if? What if the Antichrist says, listen, can't we just all get along? The world has gone crazy. Rapture's gone, right? We're out of here. World's gone crazy. We really need something. We need peace. We need peace. What's going to happen in a very chaotic world? People are going to be looking for a savior. I want to be real with you guys. I'm going to be real. Listen, that's how we are. That's how we are. We, we feel like, oh, we're in trouble. We need a savior. We need something. We need something. And that's what people are going to be looking for. You guys with me? That's what people are going to be looking for, okay? Now, let me just give you a side note, okay? Jot this down. There are two types of Jewish people in the world right now. They are called the Orthodox Jews. The Orthodox Jews. These are the people who are wanting to build the third temple until their Messiah comes. Now, here's where they're going to be duped. They're going to think the Antichrist is the Messiah, because in the book of Revelation, it says that he's going to be doing all kinds of miraculous signs and that he will suffer some sort of like life-ending wound and then, and then resurrect. <gasps> what? That's what it says. We'll get into that on Wednesday nights. But then you also have what we call the Messianic Jews. The Messianic Jews. Okay. The Messianic Jews are those who are born again and believe that Jesus Christ is and was the Messiah. So you have to go, hey, are you Orthodox? Yes, very Orthodox. We're ready for our, we're ready to. Even today in Israel, you have rabbis, teachers that are Orthodox. And they're waiting for their Messiah. But you also have Messianic rabbis that are teaching that Jesus is the Messiah. You know what happens? That's all back and forth. Back and forth. Okay? At this point, he signs the peace treaty. Holy Spirit's taken off the Gentiles. That's us. And he's put on to the Jewish people. How long is he going to be on the Jewish people? Seven years. Seven years, okay? He, Israel's going to be saved, okay? They're going to just, it's just going to be, it's going to be amazing. What will you and I be doing? We're going to be eating. We're going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and I'm sure there's going to be good food. And let me just say this, there's no calories in heaven. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Yeah. 
Um, but we're going to be eating good. We're going to be with our Jesus. Doesn't that trip you out? Our little finite minds are like, I just can't, I can't see it. I'm not a, no, no, no. I mean, this is like, this is crazy. We're going to be up there seven years. Now, here's my question. I wonder if we'll be able to see what's going on down on earth. Because I hope not. Because if I had any inkling that somebody I loved was left behind, because I have loved ones that are not serving my Jesus, I don't. Uh, it's not going to be very fun. So I, I just want to focus on God. I just want to focus on God. Now, in the next coming weeks, guys, we're going to look at what has to happen sequentially leading up to the Great Tribulation. Okay, this has to happen, this has to happen, this has to happen, and uh, and we're going to look at that. That's going to be good. But today... Let's look at what the Bible says, are we living in the last days? Okay? Now, here's, here's the purpose. Okay? Here's my heart. Listen, each believer would be informed of all that has to happen. To be on the lookout, if you will, for some of these things that are happening. Okay? To be on the lookout. Not simply for, for knowledge. Well, you know, I'm just, I just, but here's why. I want you to, I, I want to equip you so that the first thing you can do is pray. And I don't, guys, listen, let, now it's not the, listen, we need to pray. We need to pray and pray. That's the first thing we need to do. I want to equip you so the second thing you can do is witness. You'll be able to share. You'll give opportunities. Listen, God's not going to just be like, oh, I put this in your path. It's going to be, this person's in your path. And he may take you out of one job and put you in another job because there's a mission field that needs to happen there. We need to be ready. We need to share. We need to witness. I'm not saying being obnoxious, am I? I'm saying just share. Wow. You know, easy thing is, hey, what do you think about what's going on in the world today? Well, let me tell you. That's the topic of everybody's conversation. Me and my wife, we don't even talk about the kids anymore. All we talk about is like, did you hear what that? I was like, ah, let's go back to the kids. And that, guys, that we would share. My heart is that all would come to know Jesus, would come to know the Lord. So let this be a warning, Okay. Jesus is coming back soon, and I'm wanting you guys to be awake. Why? Notice what Romans 13, 11 through 14 says. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says this. This is all the more urgent. You guys got it? For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up! For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living because we belong to the day we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties or drunkenness or sexual promiscuity or immoral living or quarreling or jealousy. Instead, here's what we should do, guys. Clothe yourself in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let anyone think about ways to indulge your evil desires. That's what he's saying. Time to wake up. 
It's time to wake. This is it. This is it, right? This is what he's saying. Jesus is going to come back, and I'm telling you. Now, listen to me. God gave me a series of dreams when I, was, when I first got saved, and, and, and I'll, I just found my purpose. My purpose, like Esther, was for such a time as this to bring as many people. Now, here's my job. Number to equip you. To equip you, you have the tools you need, but also to, to see you get saved. That's my purpose, to see you get saved, radically saved, radically saved. Woo, that was a big introduction. Okay, so let's jump into our study. Now, we're only going to look at the first few, I promise, because there's just so much here, um, and then we'll finish up next week, okay? There are so many signs that we're living in the last days. Not only do we have the main Bible, guys, but we have 6,000 years time plan of God. And so we also have Paul's description of the last days to Timothy. Okay? So, everybody, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's just read it together. It says, For know this, but know this. In the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Now, let's go back. What does Paul say? Paul says, in the last days, what's the first thing we see? He says, perilous times. You guys see the word perilous? Go ahead and circle that because it means stressful. Let me just get it. It's stressful 2.0. It's uber stressful. That's what it means. Really stressful. This is not just like, dude, I'm stressed, man. Listen, listen. I mean, this is kind of your hair falling out stress. That's what it means. Paul says, in the last days, Timothy, the world's going to be stressful. Stressful time, right? There's going to be a lot of stress. Now, before we break down the text, can we agree that we're living in stressful times? Can we agree? I mean, seriously, this is not the same, okay? This is not the same world. We, our constitution, what constitution? Our amendments, what amendments? All of this that's going away. Plus, not only that, but we have to be so careful... And then our family members are getting sick and dying. And it breaks our heart. We're stressful. We're stressful. If you get sick, they want you to stay home for two weeks. But you don't get paid for two weeks. That's stressful because you, don't, you can't pay your bills. You, you understand that. If you run a small business and you go, hey, listen, listen, you've got you, you to do these little guidelines, little, and, and your business folds, guess what? You can't pay your bills. It's stressful. You guys understand. We're, we're, we're living in stressful times. Stressful times. Yet we noticed... And we notice, guys, that people, even today, are still living life without a care or concern about what's going on or what's about to take place. You understand that, okay? I know people who are just like, what? What? What's going on? Ah. 
they've adapted quickly, Eva, to the new normal. Very quickly. It's like, okay. I'll, I'll talk to people. I won't mention any names, but I'll talk to people. And they'll say, yeah, I, I, I wear a mask just because I don't want to be. I, I don't really believe in it, but I'll wear it just because I don't want to be hassled. And so I'll just, yeah, I just wear it. I just wear it. Oh, okay. Other people are like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. It hasn't prompted them or pushed them to walk closer to God. Some it has. Some are like, oh, I need to get right with God. I need to follow God. But Matthew's gospel tells us a little bit about what's going on. Guys, Matthew's gospel, 24, it's going to be on the screen. You guys should be there, though. Uh, verse 36, 24, 36. Okay, here's what we know. But of that day, he's talking about the rapture. You guys with me? Of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. Okay, he's talking about the rapture. Remember the word imminent? Nobody knows when it's going to happen. Nobody knows the day or the hour. Doesn't that make common sense to us? Because right now, it's... Yvonne, in Guam, what is it, to, what is it now, guys? It's, it's, it's a day later, right? It's, it's Monday in Guam. So, so it's a different hour. It's totally... And, and, and if you go the other way, I mean, in Israel, I mean, it's, it's behind... I mean, so... so well, he's coming at 4 o'clock. Well, what 4 o'clock? That 4 o'clock? This 4 o'clock? What 4 o'clock? We don't know what, what day is this because if I said Jesus is coming back on Sunday, well, it's Monday over there. Well, it's common sense. No one knows the day or the hour. Okay? But it's also spiritual sense because we don't have to be going, okay, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to party until that last week and then I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to live real holy. And I'm going to, you know. No, we don't know. So we want to live holy because we love God. Okay, we want to love God. He says this, but as in the days of who? Noah. Everybody say Noah. What was happening with Noah's time? This so the coming of the Lord of the Son of Man will be. Why? What happened, Lord? For in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until that day Noah entered the ark and did not know that the flood came and took them all the way, also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Ready? Here's how it's going to go down. Two men will be in a field. One will be taken, the other left. All right, so if you work out in the field, you better make sure you're saved. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. It says a man and wife will be in bed. You know that song? He hears, she hears a noise, she turns her head, he's gone. I'd wish we'd all been ready. This is, this is serious. This is, so, so what's happening right before Noah, Noah's building? No, Noah, you know what, Alex? Noah, he's, he's crazy. He's crazy. The dude's crazy. He's nuts. Come on. Well, let's still, let's just, we're going to do our own thing. Noah's like, hey guys, it's going to rain. It's going to flood. I'm telling you, it's, you need to get in here. Noah. Seriously, dude? Been drinking a little bit too much of the communion wine? What's going on, bro? Until God closed the ark. Do you think the world was, 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 was chaotic then? I wonder how many people were hitting the, the, the ark. God, let me in, God. As the water swept it. But here, here's the point. The point is there's so many people 
who seem to be blinded by what's going on in the world. So many people seem to be blinded. Let me read it to you guys in a different version, okay? Let me read it to you. He says this in the New Living Translation. It won't be up there. Just listen. However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Even the angels or the, or, or the Son himself, only the Father knows. He says, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets. They were enjoying parties and weddings right up until the day Noah entered the boat. People didn't realize what was about to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in a field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. And basically, I I read that to you because, again, I want you to see the reason so many people are carrying on as normal is they don't see the signs and they don't know what's about to happen to the world. They are blindly carrying on, living as nothing is going to happen. And these people will continue to live normally right up until the second coming of Jesus, right up until the rapture. So are we living in the last days? Well, let's take a look real quick, guys, real quick. Okay? 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, compare what Paul says about the last days to where we are in 2021. Okay, he says it again. But know this, in the last days, stressful times. Okay, Paul, we get it, stressful times. How, how are they stressful? He said, the very first thing we'll notice, guys, is that people will be what? Lovers of themselves. Lovers of themselves. You go, Ben, what does that mean exactly? It simply means, guys, that people will put themselves before God and everybody else. That's what it means. And we see this going on today. Okay? Many people don't care about anything or anyone else. It's me. It's me. It's me. And they're, they're just, they're, they're all about, again, think about this. People are concerned with how they look on the outside than how they are on the inside. Many people will be just, just about themselves. Lovers of themselves. What can I get? What can I do? How can I handle this? Me, me, it's about me. It's about me. Wait a minute, what did you, you got a new job? No, what about me? How come I don't have this job? And, and that's what they'll do, guys. It'll, it'll, it'll be about me. And here's what's, uh, here's what's kind of sad. Paul, he's writing to church people. He's writing to church people. He's going, guys, even in the church, people are going to go, no, it's about me. About me. Listen, one article I read said it like this. Paul's words, we find that our terrible times will not be bad because of difficult events, because of evil people. This is what will make these last days so terrible. There will be many in the church who profess Christianity, but look nothing like their Lord and Savior. Guys, this isn't me, but I heard on one of the podcasts that I listened to, and if you want to know which podcast, you can hit me up afterwards, but the pastors who are on this podcast said that there's pastors that don't teach the book of Revelation. They, they don't want to teach 
prophecy. They don't want to teach the end time. They, 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 just, they, want, they, they stray away from that. But let me tell you why. It doesn't bring people to church. Too many people go, ah, tell me something good. Give me the rah-rah. I want to be excited. Come on, you can do it. Get out there. Now don't tell me that the world's going to end and, and fire and brimstone and there's a comet passing over and all this. I don't want to know that stuff. But, but I can't stand before a holy God and say, man, listen, I didn't, I didn't teach the Bible. I can't do it. I can't do it. Number two, in the last days, people will be covetous. Right? They'll be covetous. You go, what do you mean? Instead of seeking after heavenly riches, guys, the majority of people are going to be seeking material, worldly riches. They're going to be lovers of money. I love me. I love money. The more I can have, the more I can have, the more I can have. Okay, you ready? All the money you have in your bank account right now, all the money you have in your bank account, (laughs) some of you go, I don't have much, right? I don't have a whole lot. But let's say you do. Is it really all worth eternity? All that money? Is it really worth it? Even if you had $6 million to your name right now, is it worth eternity? And yet the Bible says, what does it profit a man? Right? What does it profit a man? who gains the whole world and loses his soul. What does it profit? Well, I went to Calvary Chapel today, and my pastor told me that, that money, we, that we shouldn't care. I'm not saying don't care. You've got to have money to live. We all have to have money. Don't make it, don't, don't, don't be like, again, let's see, it's, a, it's, it's about me. It's about me. This is what's going on. Guys, they're not seeking. What can I do? How can I push that money ahead? What can I do? You know? Even today, guys, let's... Okay, I want you to go back. Okay? Even today, we have a false gospel that tells you, this false gospel, God wants you to be rich. You guys know it. I'm preaching to the choir here. God wants you to be rich. You should have everything you ever wanted, right? They always tell us, you should be the head and not the tail. And, and again, that's, that's a false gospel. That's a false gospel. I'll tell you why. Tamara, because we're already rich, aren't we? We're already stinking rich. God himself is living in me. I'm rich. And then he blesses me. I get to eat. Who am I that God should be mindful of me? Who am I? Who is man? But I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. Why, church? Because it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Money itself is neutral. It's that, ah, I'm going to work. I'm going to work eight jobs. I got to do Listen, put God first. Number three, thank God there's only five of them or else we'll be here all day. In the last days, people, now I'm going to go out on a limb here, are going to be boasters and proud. 
right? We talked about this yesterday, didn't we, Mike? Pride is the cause of Satan's fall because he wanted to be exalted above God. And today, in today's world, it's full of proud and boastful people. And this isn't Christian pride, boasting about Jesus. This is worldly pride. This is worldly pride. This is the last day. Now, do we not see that in t- today? People are, well, it's about, you know, and it's like, you know what God is calling us to do, men, women? He's calling us to walk humbly before God. To walk humbly. To be broken. To exalt the Lord Jesus in everything we do and everything we say, exalt him. If you do a great job at work, it's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. If you, if you get good grades, oh, I studied hard, it's because of Jesus. He's given you the ability. He's worked with you. He's, he's walked with you. Guys, think about it. The talents that, you've, that you have. As I get older, my goal is to walk more humbly. It really is. I have blown it. I have made super bad mistakes. I have acted prideful. I don't want to do that anymore. Guys, this, this is real. This is real. And and it's coming to pass right before us. Now, I know what you're thinking, because this is what I would think. Well, Pastor, people have been saying that for years. I mean, they've been preaching the Bible. I mean, what makes you think? What makes you? Guys, the writing's on the wall. And if in your spirit, your spirit tells you the same thing. Your spirit tells you the same thing. There's a, there's a friend of Nathalie's super freaked out about what's going on. Super freaked out. Okay? Doesn't come to this church, so don't be looking around going, is it him? Is it him? Super freaked out about what's going on because he just sees his kids and he's got, he's got some young adults like Ramaniah's age and, and, and he's like, oh, and, and, and I just feel so bad for my daughter because the world we're moving into, she's not going to be able to be married and have kids and blah, blah, blah. But the value, guys, of heaven has to be that much more greater. And God's not going to rip you off of anything, but, but it has to be this. That value beyond anything has to be, okay, okay. And you guys know it in your spirit. So what does that do? It causes you to do two things. Listen, I'm, I'm talking to Maniah, because Maniah's, Maniah, young woman, okay? Okay, Maniah. Loves Jesus, has always loved Jesus, has always loved Jesus. But if the Lord tarries, he may grant her a, a, a husband and, 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 and children. And that's awesome. Enjoy that. But if the Lord comes back today, and she's not married, you're not married, right? You haven't get married. Okay, so she's, I knew that, I'm just kidding. But it's still good. It's still good. You understand? Because heaven is a much better place. 
Oh, guys, I used to drive in my car and I'd see a beautiful sunset and I'd go, oh, Lord, please don't come back anytime soon because I still want to get married and I want to have a house and I want to have kids. Lord, please, oh. I understand that. I get it. But I have to switch that and go, Lord, you are so great. You're so amazing. And your, your sovereignty for me is, is all I know it's there. What does that cause us to do? It causes us to love each other all the more. It does. It causes us to love each other. We can't be holding grudges anymore. We can't be like, oh, I can't believe that. No, you know what? Listen, I want to walk humbly. I don't want to be lovers of self. I'll be lovers of God. I don't want to be lovers. Why? Because, I mean, think about it, guys. Think about it. It's pride. Boasters, proudful. Okay? But check this out. Number four. In the last days, children will be disobedient to parents. And I always wondered why Paul put that in as like unloving, ungrateful. But he said children will be disobedient to parents. And I thought, that's weird. Didn't you ever think that was weird? Did we put that in the middle of that? But now you think about it. You think about a generation that people are raising up, disrespectful, disobedient to their parents. You do tell me what to do. I blah, blah, blah. <sighs> Are we not in the last days? Are we not in the last days? Disobedient to parents. Go back 40 years ago. Go back 40 years ago. Children were definitely more respectful. But now we have a world full of children who have little or no respect for grown-ups. We don't. You don't. Think about this. Think about this. Love of itself naturally leads to disobeying parents in order to fulfill one's desire. When you love yourself so much, you go, oh, I want to fill my own desire. Disobedience to parents will ultimately lead to what? To disobeying of authorities, teachers, work superiors, government, and God. And that's that old adage, well, I don't have to. I don't have to. Man, I can't begin to tell you how many times I see this with, with, with mamas who love their babies, but they've come in and they're teaching them that rules don't apply to them. You know what those kids are going to grow up and realize? Rules don't apply to me. Why can't I have this? I want it. I want it. Well, why did you get that way, little Johnny? Why did you get that way? Well, because when I was five, we walked into that place and you screamed at my teacher or my or whatever and said that I, I just saw that, Mom. It's the last days, guys, last days. It's the last days. I want to close our study this morning, guys, with number five. In the last days, people will be unthankful. Unthankful. We don't see this too much in our city. But as a whole, you can see that there are many people who are unthankful. Many feel like they deserved instead of, instead of being thankful for all that God has given them. Well, I deserve. Well, I deserve. 
And for some reason, we tend to think that we're all equal. Think about it this way. If something interrupts one's pursuit of self-gratification, then he or she will complain and become angry. Unthankful. How does that, what does that look like in the church? Well, instead of being worshipers, the church will be a group of ungrateful people that complain about anything that makes us uncomfortable. What would we complain about? Well, I don't like the worship music. It's too loud. It's too soft. That drummer, just kidding. He's always beating them drums. And that, I don't, I don't like the seating. I don't like the seat. Right? The, the, again, we're unthankful. We're on the, I don't like the seating. I don't like the preaching. That pastor never has anything good to say. I don't like his beard. I do like his beard. But I don't like the way... You guys, you guys see where I'm going, right? I don't like the children's ministry. They put a barricade there to keep me from going back there. I want to be able to go back there anytime I want to. But we'll hold on. It's more for safety. I don't like the church leadership. You guys understand. In a few days, we may or may not have a new president. You guys with me? What's our responsibility? We pray for our president. And don't pray like David, okay? Don't pray like David used to pray. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Guys, we, we, when we're unthankful, we complain about everything, don't we? Everything. And that's, that's a sign of the, the last days right there, guys. That's a sign. And we are so likened to Israel in the wilderness. Do you guys remember what they were doing? Well, I sure miss the leeks and the melons. Well, you complained that you wanted to get out of Egypt. I know, but now I'm complaining. In the last days, guys, Paul tells us, and we're living in the last days, Paul tells us that there's going to be people that are unthankful. Oh, how we need to be grateful. Show an attitude of gratitude. Oh, God, thank you so much. Starting today, guys, Christian, listen to me, Christian, be thankful for your house, be thankful for your food, be thankful for your shower, be thankful for your clothes, be thankful for, just, just be thankful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, next week, we're going to finish off what he says. There's five more. There's five more, but we don't have time today. Let me just leave you with this. Let me leave you with this. Do you remember, in the book of Peter, Peter says, in the last days. So the last days actually started when Peter wrote. I mean, this was 2,000 years ago. 
So if we've been walking in the last days for 2,000 years, don't you think we're about time to come to the end? Let me tell you this. Let me give you my opinion, okay? I would love it if the Lord Jesus would give us more time on earth. Because I know that he wants to save. Listen, if the Lord would have came back in 1970, I wouldn't be saved. If he came back in 80, some of you wouldn't be saved. You guys understand that. So, I, I, But eventually, what did he do? Eventually, he said, okay, the ark is done. Okay, flop. And eventually, he's going to say, okay, go get your bride. Go get your bride. Listen to me. Make sure Jesus, you guys ready? He is your all and all. And then everything else will fall into place. But he's got to be your all and all. I'm not saying first, don't make Jesus your first place. No. Make him your all and all. And then everything else will fall into place, I guarantee you. Until then, what does Luke tell us? Luke chapter 21, verse 28 says, And when these things come to pass, look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. He's coming back again, and I'm the only reason. You're the only reason. Father, we thank you today for your grace and mercy in our lives. We thank you, God, that we're still here and we can preach the gospel. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross and reconciling us back to you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit to convict us, to guide us, to remind us we're being prideful, to remind us when we're being selfish, God, to break us down, Lord. We thank you. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I would just ask if there's anyone here who hasn't made a full commitment to Jesus, but you would like to today, I'd like to give you an opportunity. You go, like what? Just, just today you're saying, God, forgive me of my sins. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you all the days of my life. I, I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm, no, I'm not turning back. I'm going to follow you. Maybe, maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've, you've backslidden a little bit. Maybe today's your day. And I'm asking you here because this is the most important time. If you've never given your heart and life to Jesus in a real and intimate and beautiful way, and he's knocking on your heart right now, and he's saying, hey, today's the day. I want, you to, I want to give you an opportunity. I want to ask you to repent of your sins and follow Jesus. That's what it's all about. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, how many of you would say, Pastor Ben, would you just pray for me? I'm surrendering my life to God today. Would you just lift up your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor? Now, I know there's not a whole lot of folks here, but that's okay. But maybe God is speaking to you, and maybe you're watching online, and it's the same way. You're just lifting up your hand. And you're going, Pastor, pray for me. I know you can't see me, Pastor, but pray for me. I, I need to surrender my life to God. If that's you, just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you 
for dying on the cross for me. I believe that you are God. And I believe you took my sin on that cross and you resurrected. I believe. And I believe you're coming back for me soon. But I need a new leaf, God. I need a new I I I I I need to be changed from the inside out. And so I'm asking you through the power of your Holy Spirit, God, to come into my heart to change me, to forgive me and help me walk, to be my Lord, God, to be my God and be my Savior. God, be my friend. Help me to speak to you every day because I choose to follow you this day for forever. I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, man, we just welcome you to the family. God, I want to know, so go in the comments. Go in the comments, say, I gave my life to the Lord. That would be amazing. Um, listen, if you're listening to this via podcast, call the church, 806-799-2227. Call the church, say, hey, man, I gave my life. I was listening to it. I gave my life to the Lord. I gave my life to the Lord. We'll rejoice with you. We'll send you a Bible. We'll get you, we'll get you hooked up, man. Until next week, we're going to see the rest of that. Guys, it's going to get good. It's going to get even better. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. God bless you guys. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.